This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good afternoon. I'm Roshan Kanisan and welcome to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. Today on the show, Enterprise Explores, the International Institute of Management Development's recently announced World Digital Competitive Rankings, where Malaysia is ranked 33rd globally and took 9th position in the Asia-Pacific region. IMD's findings in this ranking provides a rough gauge at how different countries are approaching digital transformation in the age of artificial intelligence. And the ranking is determined by three main factors, knowledge, technology and future readiness. Some of the key findings for the rankings include that Malaysia ranks 27th in the technology factor, 29th in the knowledge factor and 33rd in terms of future readiness. For some comparison, the US reclaims the top spot with the strong results in the knowledge, technology and future readiness factors. And AI and technology, as well as national security concerns around this, look to be the core of another trend observed in the ranking, an increasing focus on cyber security. Of the 4,000 senior executives around the world who responded to the survey, only 5% said they hadn't implemented any new cybersecurity measures in the past year. While there is certainly lots to unpack here with our guest today, we will be taking a closer look at the importance of digital competitiveness, how Malaysia can improve in these rankings, and what are the gaps that need to be filled in order for Malaysia to be considered a digital nation. Helping me with this, I'm joined by Professor Arturo Briss, Director of IMD's World Competitiveness Centre. He's going to help us break down all that and more and understand why it's important for Malaysia to be digitally competitive. In the meantime, if you have any thoughts, you can WhatsApp us on our U-Mobile number. That's 018-789-8899. Professor Arturo, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm fine. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. I think maybe it's really important for us to start with, I guess, the relevance of digital competitiveness. So why is measuring digital competitiveness important for countries in today's economy? It's a very important question because once we understand that competitiveness is about the ability of a nation to generate prosperity, it is not just about an economic concept, it's also a social concept, uh, prosperity, then the follow-up question is what drives the prosperity of a nation? I think in the 21st century, the two main drivers of prosperity are going to be sustainability and the second one is going to be technology. That's why at uh, my center, uh, we focus on digital competitiveness and trying to understand to what extent technology drives the prosperity of nation. So to answer your question, today I would say is paramount. I don't think that we can actually make progress in our lives and actually increase the productivity of our economies unless we rely on technology. Uh, now, Professor, as I, I mentioned a few of some of the key highlights from the rankings, uh, could you explain to us, I guess, the methodology behind the competitiveness rankings and how it evaluates uh, the different countries' uh, digital capabilities? Mm. We define digital competitiveness at the extent to which the nation facilitates the digital transformation of individuals and companies. So in that sense, what we measure, first of all, the availability of digital talent. We need talent digital talent in order to drive the digital transformation. We call this factor knowledge, generally speaking. Because obviously, you can educate your talent or you can attract your talent. 
The second factor is the technological infrastructure itself, which includes not only the physical 5G networks and satellite communications, but also regulation and capital. And the final factor, the final metric is more intangible and more difficult to grasp. We call it readiness, future readiness, generally speaking, as the extent to which cultural individual corporate attitudes are accepting on technology. Hmm. Uh, this is really very interesting to see because despite all that the government can do, very often there are some societies, and we can discuss examples later, but there are some societies which are extremely reluctant to use technologies, uh, digital means in their day-to-day life. Uh, now, as you just mentioned, the three main factors uh, in this ranking are knowledge, technology, and future readiness. Could you elaborate on, I guess, the importance of these factors or further elaborate on that and how this goes into determining a country's digital competitiveness? Mm. First of all, if I had to start from scratch with a nation, uh, I don't know, Ghana or Costa Rica or, or any country that wants to become a digital nation from scratch, I think the first thing that we need, obviously, is the infrastructure. That's the pillar of our metric. To what extent you have capital investment, to what extent you have regulation, because again, this is a very important part of the infrastructure. And finally, to what extent we invest in Wi-Fi networks and broadband communication. So that's the first important factor. But having said that, that is not enough because then you need education and talent. And here it comes the second important factor, to what extent you know, we have the people that we need to drive this transformation. This also takes longer to implement. You know, regulation changes from one day to the other. But in order to build a digital talent pool, then we need one or two generations in a country. And finally, is the cultural aspect, which is difficult to manage to what extent people are receptive. I think this is the result of all of it. But that's the third factor in what we call future readiness, how prepared a nation is. Here you can see, Interestingly, geographical differences. Obviously, Southeast Asia and the region of Malaysia is, is very much more accepting of technology than, for example, South America or Central Europe, I would say. So in that sense, you're in the right place. That is very interesting. Um, now, in the rankings, uh, Malaysia did fall uh, two spots to 33rd in the World Digital Competitiveness Rankings in 2023. Could you talk to us a little bit about the primary factors affecting its current position and this two-spot drop? I would start by saying that it's not a very significant change. Mm. We, we rank about 64 economies. We don't rank the 100-plus economies in the world because we want to only assess countries that have enough high-quality data. And that's why our sample includes only 64 economies. Among these 64 economies, you have countries that move extremely fast. I'm talking about Singapore or Malaysia itself. There are countries that are much more low moving, but there are also countries that are making a lot of progress. So what happened with the change in, in the ranking of two positions is that you may be doing things slightly bad, which is not the case, or most likely there are other countries that are moving a little bit faster. But all in all, as I would say, you know, in my classes, this is not statistically significant. <laughs> <laughs> position of two positions in the ranking. So we shouldn't read too much into the weeds in this two-spot drop. 
Professor, we got a lot more to get into. We'll do that after a few messages. Folks, you're listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. Malaysia was ranked recently 33rd globally and 9th in the APAC region in IMD's recently announced World Digital Competitiveness Ranking, helping us explore the rankings, the importance of digital competitiveness, and how Malaysia can improve its ranking is Professor Arturo Briss, Director of IMD's World Competitiveness Centre. And Roshan Kanesan will be back here on Enterprise Explores after a few messages, so keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Begin Free Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Today on Enterprise Explores, Malaysia was ranked 33rd globally and 9th in Asia-Pacific in the International Institute for Management Development's recently announced World Digital Competitiveness Ranking, helping us explore the rankings, the importance of digital competitiveness and how Malaysia can improve is Professor Arturo Briss, Director of IMD's World Competitiveness Centre. Professor, just following up from earlier, over the last five years, Malaysia has shown a steady growth with the three main factors as we talked about earlier which was knowledge, technology, and future readiness. As a quick recap, knowledge refers to talent, technology, to the infrastructure, and future readiness to the, I guess, the cultural readiness for a nation to adapt to the digitalizing world. Um, what trends have you spotted with these spaces that businesses should be aware of in terms of the three main factors? One important aspect that we highlight in the ranking is the importance of capital. And I will mention a few, but I think that's a very important one. That is, very often we think that digital transformation just depends on having the right attitude and the right political drive. But money is extremely important. And investment in technology, not only by the private, but also by the public sector, is going to be key. The countries that do best, for example, the United States, Denmark, Singapore, they come on top of our ranking. There are countries that invest a lot in technologies relative to their GDP and relative to other investment. The second one is that agility of businesses is clear as well. That is, we need to have companies also driving the transformation of the nation. And for that, you need innovative executives and then you need, obviously, to have the right conditions in the country's economy. And finally, I think that the collaboration between the private and the public sector is key as well. We tend to blame governments, but for things that happen or do not happen. And when it comes to competitiveness, the private sector is key. Uh, governments cannot do it all alone in the 21st century. Now, the rankings and some of the commentary around it mentioned that the quality of digital regulation, the funding available for technology development, as you've just mentioned, and the degree of company agility are all data points needed to catch up with the rapid advancement of tech, particularly in this AI age that we are in. What are some of the notable gaps in Malaysia compared to other countries ranked above us, say, Singapore? Malaysia ranks among the group of Asian countries, uh, where I would include also Thailand, um, that, you know, it is in the middle of the pack. It's not the negative comment, quite the opposite. On the top of the of the continent, you have economies such as Singapore, Taiwan, or Hong Kong. And then at the bottom, you have other economies like Vietnam or the Philippines, 
that are struggling or Indonesia in, that are much more struggling to drive digital transformation. I think Malaysia has made an extraordinary progress if France had the level of uh, countries in the European Union, such as France or Italy. So it's doing well. But I would mention three gaps and probably interesting for the audience, you know, related to the three factors that you have mentioned. I think when it comes to the knowledge factor, I think that Malaysia needs to make a bigger effort at attracting digital talent from abroad. If you look at our indicators, there has been a, a massive improvement in the digital skills of the population. But nations that excel and are on the top of the rankings, and again, think about the example that I mentioned earlier, they are massive attractors of digital talent. The country has made also very good progress in the last years. For example, when you look at immigration laws, when you look at attractive foreign talent, I would say that this is the first challenge. The second challenge, when it comes to the technological framework itself, has to do with the infrastructure and investment in infrastructure. I will give you an indicator, for example, when it comes to broadband internet speed, the number one country in our ranking is Singapore. Malaysia ranks number 36 out of 64 economy. And I know because I was there recently that, you know, when you saw this indicator, people say, yeah, but you know, our internet is extremely fast. So yes, but relatively speaking, there are other nations that are doing much more. For example, if you look at wireless broadband, the country ranks in the 27th position. So overall, I think as with any other infrastructure in the country, we need more investment in digital infrastructure. And finally, when it comes to attitude, there is something interesting that happens in Malaysia that I want to highlight. And it's the difference between business and private attitudes towards technology. Let me start with the Swiss example, which is where I live. In Switzerland, it's the opposite. So what happens in Switzerland is the following. This is a country where individuals are very reluctant to use technology. You will be surprised how little, for example, digital payments are used in Switzerland compared to Malaysia. In Malaysia, I can pay basically almost for everything with digital means, credit card or phones. In Switzerland, people are more reluctant. They still like to use cash. But on the contrary, businesses are extremely agile at driving digital transformation. They embrace technologies very fast. Now, in Malaysia, our ranking show the opposite. They have much more positive attitude by individuals. You know, just to give you one indicator, you know, in smartphone possession, Malaysia ranks eighth in the world. Okay, again, which is significantly extremely high. But when it comes to business agility and the ability of companies and businesses to adopt technology, it ranks much lower. For example, an indicator that we have that we call agility of companies, Malaysian companies rank number 38 out of 64 economies. We need to emphasize from the future readiness factor is the extent to what Malaysian companies, especially small and medium companies, are actually driving this digital transformation. So, Professor, how do we address those three gaps then? Well, you know, they all come together. And first of all, they take a lot of time. But I think the first thing that we need is we need a political consensus in the nation. I think, as I said earlier, it requires that the private and the public sector work together and realize that digital competitiveness is going to be a key for the future success of the Malaysian economy. So once we have this political consensus, then the rest is much easier. 
But of course, it goes by first injecting capital into this new program for digital transformation. And finally, also using that funding to not only improve the infrastructure of the country, but also to incentivize companies somehow to facilitate the implementation of digital technologies in small and medium enterprises. Just to give you an example of that, the Next Generation Fund in the European Union is actually doing that specifically. It is not working equally in all countries, but it's a very aggressive program of massive investment into a next generation of technologies and business models. So given everything we've talked about so far, uh, Professor, is Malaysia on the right path to eventually or to be at some point considered a digital nation? There is no doubt. Obviously, there is no zero one. It's not at some point you say you can just claim victory. Now we're a digital nation. It's a smooth transition. So to what extent you are among the top 10 is what I would say that it would be success. And I can tell you that, in my opinion, you know, there is the drive in all sectors of the economy to become a digital nation. And especially coming from Europe, where you see that things are going in the opposite direction. You know, where you see that we tend to be much more conservative, slow movers, you know, much more complacent. I think what you see in Southeast Asia is an amazing drive to become digital transformed. And I have no doubt that Malaysia one will be one of the most successful digital nations in the next generation. Professor, up next, we'll talk a little bit about the lessons that Malaysia can learn from some of the top-ranking countries, along with some of the factors that contribute to some of these top rankers, including the US, the Netherlands, and Singapore. Folks, you're listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. Malaysia was ranked 33rd globally and 9th in the Asia-Pacific region in the International Institute for Management Development's recently announced World Digital Competitiveness Ranking. Helping us explore the rankings, the importance of digital competitiveness and how Malaysia can improve is Professor Arturo Briss, Director of IMD's World Competitiveness Centre. And Russian Kanazen will be back in just a few minutes, so keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Burning for more. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Today on the show, we are exploring Malaysia's ranking of being 33rd globally and 9th in Asia-Pacific in the International Institute for Management Development's recently announced World Digital Competitiveness Rankings. And helping us explore this is Professor Arturo Briss, Director of IMD's World Competitiveness Centre. Earlier, we talked about what goes into the rankings and the importance of digital competitiveness and a little bit on how Malaysia can improve its ranking here, which we're going to dive into more detail right now. Professor, so we talked a little bit earlier about some of the key gaps that Malaysia has compared to other countries and how to bridge those gaps. Overall, what are some key areas where Malaysia can improve its digital competitiveness when we look to the higher ranking countries? Right? So essentially, what lessons can we learn from the other top ranking countries? Yeah, it is obviously probably an incorrect approach to just follow recipes. But it's true that what I say is that obviously Malaysia will never be Denmark and doesn't want to be Denmark and vice versa, mm. um, or the United States. There are certainly maybe interesting lessons that you can get from these countries, some of the things that they have done. I would mention 
first of all, the importance of digital identity programs. If you look at the most successful economies in digital transformation, especially the small ones, there are countries that have implemented digital identity programs very successfully. I'm, I'm thinking about countries like Denmark, Netherlands, Estonia, Singapore, and the likes. And I think digital identities facilitate the introduction of new business models where technology is at the forefront. That's one of the lessons. I think the second important lesson is the importance of public investment and public funding. So in all of the top five most digitally competitive economies, you see that the ratio of investment in R&D and technology to GDP is way higher than the average. And I go back to the previous point. I think money, whether we like it or not, is extremely, extremely important. And finally, and this is very visible, for example, in the United States, digital talent is key. That is, to have a population and a talent pool that is advanced in technology. In the United States, it's done in two ways. Obviously, the education system tries to develop digital skills, but more importantly, in the United States, there's a massive attraction of foreign talent. And whenever the United States needs some digital skill, they buy it. They buy it from abroad. So to what extent we build a digital talent pool is going to be here. Now, last year, we did see a lot of uh, layoffs and a lot of the big tech companies. So hopefully that digital talent will uh, go across to other borders uh, or go back to home countries if they can't keep their visas there. And we'll see some of that spillover. Professor, if we look at some of the top countries on the list and the rankings, we've got the US, the Netherlands, Singapore, Denmark and Switzerland. Talk to us about the key factors contributing to each of their high rankings. What are the key things that determine their spots? These countries obviously are overall competitive. So what I mean here is that you cannot just be digitally advanced and mm. nothing else. You need to make digital transformation a big part of the overall competitiveness agenda of the country. And as the country develops, then you can obviously put a certain focus on digital transformation. So that is something that you see among the top countries. The correlation between overall competitiveness and digital competitiveness is very high. Second, all of these economies tend to be service economies, obviously. Malaysia relies still a lot on manufacturing, which is obviously desirable because the economy is based on natural resources and on a vast and very productive land. So I'm trying to say that Malaysia doesn't need to be number one or number two in digital competitiveness and doesn't want to. But at the end of the day, manufacturing is going to be an important base for economy. But the top countries obviously tend to be service economies. And in services, technology, artificial intelligence, big data are much more important. And finally, I would mention that if you exclude the United States, digital nations tend to be smaller nations. Because obviously, you know, it's much more costly proportionally to improve the technology in a very large country. And here, Malaysia, obviously, is a highly populated country. It's big in extension relative to, again, Switzerland. So you're going to find it more difficult. But that's a significant factor as well. Right. So the smaller the nation, maybe the, the easier to implement policies to help it grow in that sense. So Malaysia compared to Indonesia, which is much larger, it's a much bigger machine that maybe requires more uh, moving parts in order to get the digital policies forward. 
So like a bit of a smaller base effect in a way. Speaking of the US, Professor, they took back top spot in 2023. How does that reflect its digital strategies, especially regarding the, you know, the whole AI developments and, and how that integrates into their tech story? The United States is driven primarily by the digital platform. And you see that in years in which the market operates in their favor, you see the platform business model being successful, then the United States succeeds. And this is what we have seen in 2023 in our last ranking. Uh, the United States, in any case, is easy to analyze from the digital perspective in the sense that being such a large country, being the largest economy in the world, they can actually drive the digital trends. And so they have taken the first position because they naturally need to be there. They're not surprised. If you look at our three factors as well, again, knowledge and talent, they are the biggest magnet for digital talent in the world. Infrastructure, I mean, capital regulation, again, they're also very, very strong. And finally, future readiness is one of the most innovative countries in the world. So I would be surprised if the United States is not number one or number two. Another interesting, I guess, position change here in the rankings was that the Czech Republic and Belgium showed some very significant improvements uh, or showed improvements uh, jumping eight and nine spots respectively. Could you talk us through some of the specific actions or policies that contributed to this rise? There is nothing important to mention about this country. Every year we have one or two economies that have jumped up significantly in the rankings. Republic and Belgium, uh, there are European economies that went through political changes during the year. And the only thing that has happened and that we observe in the individual indicators is that there is a more positive sentiment of companies and executives. Um, I want to say that a ranking relies on hard data, but it also relies on a survey that we conduct among executives. And you see that this executive survey and executive sentiment drives the rankings a lot. So what we have seen in Belgium and the Czech Republic, particularly this year, is that the, probably for internal reasons, executives have become more optimistic about the future of the country. And they give higher, better responses in the survey. But other than that, there are no fundamental changes that will explain the ranking. So it's more of a sentiment boost than anything else, a more internal factor. Uh, Professor, we've had a really nice long conversation here to wrap up, I guess, and I know we talked a little bit about gaps and lessons earlier, but to wrap up this entire conversation that we've had and remind the listeners, um, what key lessons should Malaysia take from the top-ranking countries and the most improved countries and uh, everything that we've talked about so far? The most important lesson is something that I have mentioned, is that a country needs to find the right political consensus between the public and the private sector among individuals among political parties in order to consider digital as a pillar of official competitiveness of the country. So that would be lesson number one. And lesson number two is that things do not happen out of the blue. I think we need political decisions, we need investment, we need regulation, and we need continuity in those policies. So that consensus needs to translate in other policies that will make Malaysia a true and successful digital nation. Professor, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
Folks, I've been speaking with Professor Arturo Briss, the director of IMD's World Competitiveness Center, and you've been listening to the all-new Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the conversation on podcast over on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. Our shows are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other major podcast players. Just look up Enterprise Explores. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay happening after the 1pm news bulletin and we've got a hot one this morning or had a hot one this morning. It's been close to three years since the restructuring of Malaysian Aviation Group and BFM speaks to Group CEO Captain Izam Ismail on whether MAG is on the road to sustainable profitability and whether there are unresolved legacy issues. I'm Roshan Kernison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.